me? Clarence, it was early today. No traffic. He said you're making up yesterday. Ready, Mick? I am. Okay. Randy Gregory showing up on the with the knee. Is that the same thing you dealt with uh, in training camp that you rested him a few days? Pretty much, yeah. It, it's just something that's um, you know he's had in the past, and we're just we're just being smart with him. You don't think it impacts his availability for? I fully expect Randy to go. Yes. Is Powder back? Excuse me. Powder back today? Or yes, yes, he's back. Good news. Yeah, good news. Status quo. Great the, news. Uh, status quo on the COVID list as well. Yes, nothing's changed. Both guys are in the protocol. Mike, we were talking yesterday about Dak's command at the line of scrimmage. You've worked with a lot of quarterbacks in your career. Was there usually a certain point into their career that you started to notice a significant shift in their mastery or just gradual over time? I mean, it's definitely something that grows through their experience. I mean, I think that's, you know, anytime you've had to play with a, with a rookie quarterback, you know, you clearly, you know, build things in stages. Uh, there's particularly certain situations you highlight more than others as far as what you can do. Um, because, you know, I, just from my belief, you know, the offense is built around that quarterback. So you know, to give to give him the opportunity to be successful, you know, it starts with a healthy run game. So, and you can just see by our first three games this season, you know, people are going to, you know, can load up the box or, or not load the box. So you have to have the flexibility within your run plan to take advantage of that. So uh, the quarterbacks today have a lot more responsibility in run game in those types of offenses than they probably did 20 years ago. Amari used the word multidimensional for this offense yesterday. What, how do you define multidimensional? Is it how deep you can go in the playbook depending on what your quarterback can do? Is it more just how many different personnel groups you can put out there? I think it, I think, when I think of multidimensional, it's the ability to get through the whole playbook, uh, you know, to be able to do the things that you're able to install. And, and uh, you know, that process starts in the spring and, you know, you have the last season, you have scheme evaluation, uh, then you start building, you know, build, building your playbook through, you know, scheme, scheme implementation is what we call it. And bless you. And, and the thing is, you know, to, to be able to set, you know, that plan earlier to better, uh, I think it's uh, you know a reflection of what do you think of your players, where do you think the quarterbacks at, and and I think with the Amari's you know statement, it's just the fact that we're able to jump pretty you know pretty freely A through Z, and and especially in these adjustment these adjustment type games. You said a lot of times there last year there's just no comparable with last year because last year was so weird. Is that? Kind of the case with the offense in terms of how far along it is. Just no comparison this year to last. Yeah, I think the big thing is when I talk about no comparable to last year, it's probably the more big picture things. I mean, because you know, off season or what didn't exist. The training camp was totally different. You know, so your starting point with your team was different. Um, the way you practice in the first half. Of, so, so that's when I'm not talking about comparables. Uh, because like for some of the simple as GPS, I, I don't really put a lot of weight into how we practiced last year. I put more weight in how I've practiced the 10 years prior to it and even looked at the the weight of how they practiced in 19, 17, and 18. So, uh, so I, what I mean not compared to last year, it's more the big picture of structural, how you practice and what you're looking to get done in this environment. Um, but when you talk about offensive scheme and defensive scheme, I mean, yeah, last year counted. So, I mean, now we had play with a number of different quarterbacks, but there are still scheme concepts that we lived in. Um, so we were able to carry forward and build off of. I think we did the same thing on defense. Um, I think Dan did an outstanding job of trying to capture 
you know, what we felt we did well last year and, and pull it forward and then build off of that because that was the big picture approach uh, in the change on defense, you know, since I got here. When you were away from the, from the game, how much did you look at some of the young up and coming coaches to say, when I get back in, I want him with me? You know, that kind of uh, frankly, I, I think you're always building a coaching depth chart. You know, I mean that's something that uh, you know I learned back in the early 2000s. Uh, you, you always, you know, you know I even had an Excel sheet with with an actual depth chart and, and things like that. And I, but I think over time, you, you know, watch what's going on. You know, you can see the influence of college football in our game in the last 10 years too. So you you try to keep in you know keep in touch with who's who's in college and. You know, and, and just you know, I think we've talked about this last week. The resources are so much more in, in today's today's world, today's NFL, as far as you know, being able to study the college game while the season's going on. Where in the old days you would, I mean, there's times you know I look back in the, in the past that you know you're watching USC tape, you know, in the, in the personnel evaluation, get ready for draft, and you're like, my God, they had a hell of a year, didn't they? Yeah, that, well, they won a national championship. Yeah. Because you're looking at the players, you know, but then you also recognize the schemes that they do. But I just think with the resources and technology, and you know, just really the the talent of you know some of the young coaches that we have on our staff, you're able to watch that stuff weekly. Where was Kellen on that depth chart uh, when you the year you were out? He was obviously near the top. <laughs> the uh, Carolina's ranked number one against the pass, number one against the run. Are they better one or the other as the product of the game, the schedule? I mean. Is that it? Which one are they <laughs> <laughs> I, I, no, I, I think you look at every game. I mean, you look at the things, you know, you know who they played, how they played them. So uh, I, I think that when you look at them, you know, the scoring is what I've been most impressed with. You know, I think that's, you know, they've kept the games to a low scoring game. But, you know, um, you know, they had a couple of injuries last week, so it'll, it'll be interesting uh, to see which way they go with us, you know, as far as which way they try to tilt the uh, defense. I mean, I would expect more pressure in this game that we've seen the first three three weeks. So, um, you know, and I'm sure it'll be definitely run pressures, uh, particularly how we ran the ball last two weeks. So uh, I think they're pretty balanced to answer your question. This might tie into what you've talked about with the quality control guys, but how do you prepare in the case of uh, Henderson, the guy who just got there Monday and you don't have tape of him with this team? Well, you know, I'll, g I'll give him a personnel uh, department some credit you know they, they obviously we had the profile tapes uh, on CJ when he came out and you know, and obviously you know that's something that starts on Monday you know after we you, know, you recognize that he's going to be there and um, you know Ben McAdoo actually worked in Jacksonville last year so you know then you have a personal opinion um, ben, Ben's been a, a really significant help for us just for the set of eyes and expertise that he's been able to give on both sides of the ball in a preliminary game plan so all those things, you know, factor into it, and and you know, and I think you also got to recognize these, you know, how much is he going to play? I mean, that's you know, we're looking at that. We're you know, we probably expect him to play more situational football, more um, you know, scheme where he's particularly in man because you know he's, he hasn't been there a week. So you factor all those things. Your players, Your players have talked a lot about when they're running tempo, saying that maybe we're a little bit tired, but then we see how tired the defense is, and we're like, we can keep going. How do you judge before going on a running similar like that, whether the conditioning level is where you want it? Like, you think it's good? Or is it in-game do you adjust? Well, I think you build that. I mean, I think you start that in spring, and you have an idea, you know, not only where your team is on how you practice. You know, everything's, everything's uh, 
everything's recorded. You know, every snap a team, you know, when, when we break the huddle, when we get to the line of scrimmage, when the ball snapped, every one of those snaps is recorded. So uh, when you talk about tempo, you talk about pace of operation, you talk about clean communication. Well, how do you regulate it? You know, how do you judge it? How do you, how do you, you know, support it? You do it with facts, and, and so that that's that's part of our everyday practice structure. So we're we're always trying to push that um, because I'm not a believer in, in running conditioning drills. Um, if you practice the right way, and you you can you know, and GPS is a nice tool to confirms so, how you know each guy works each and every day. There's a lot of good information that comes off of that. So those those are the things that. We look at it every day, you know, Britt Brown and Harold Nash and I have a four o'clock standard GPS meeting after every practice. So we know exactly where each guy is and, you know, and that coincides with the training department, you know, how, how they feel each guy is. And then, you know, we circle back in the morning and if we need to tweak somebody's, uh, you know, reps or so forth. And so, I mean, that's, that's all part of administrating and creating a structure, but uh, the conditioning comes in the way these guys practice and our guys have done a great job in that area. When did the GPS become big for you? I know it's only been around for a few, but when did you? Yeah, um, probably around, around 2010, 11. I want to say I don't remember the exact year. Um, a former strength coach, Mark Lavotte, actually did a study. Uh, he went to Australia and spent some time uh, with those guys down there, and they were, frankly, in my opinion, were a little ahead of the game in that area. So, so that training concept, something that we actually studied and looked at, and um, I was on a certain. Schedule is probably similar to probably what Jason did here. It's more of what I would refer to as a traditional schedule. And we researched this whole launch, you know, track mentality, um, training regiment. Uh, but it took me probably two to three years to pull the trigger on it because I just didn't feel like the, you know, I was comfortable with it yet. So that's when the, we went away from the Friday practice, went into the Saturday. Um, and, you know, there's a lot of scientific you know, um, protocols go into that. And, uh, and I give Mark a lot of credit because he's the one that, that drove the, the deal. And, and, you know, just now bringing that here, that concept here, um, our players, you know, have really responded and have actually done a very good job of it, uh, adjusting to the schedule much quicker than my past experience. So uh, I think that helps guys over the long run. You know, everybody practices a certain way. It's early in the season. Everybody's trying to get their team to play the way you want them to play. but. I think over the course of the season, this schedule has a lot of benefits to it. Uh, the rest recovery built, rest and recovery built into the work week, is something that our, our players can see and they can feel. It's not something they have to do on their own. So, um, and so much, we, so much that we do from a group dynamic standpoint is about regulation and routine. And uh, the, once again, I think with the 17th game, also, uh, these are all positive attributes for us. Why did it take so long to implement? Was it just because stubborn Irish guy? Yeah, you know, just. Well, I mean, you know, we were we, we were winning. You know, it's, there was no reason to say, hey, we we gotta we gotta change our schedule. You know, we used to have the old schedule where, you know, Friday afternoon when they came off the practice field, it was 48 hours. You know, they had the 48 hour rule where their bodies were totally physically shut down. You know, then you had the 24-hour rule that, you know, Saturday at noon that their minds were free to get themselves ready. So, there, I mean, there's a lot of time and, and uh, energy into the old schedule, and, and the old schedule worked, you know. But this, this, this you know, I, I was, we were on a team that had been to multiple playoff games, and you're thinking, okay, what, 
you know, there's something more we can do for that December, January football. So, you know, I mean, I think like anything, and and we'll always do that here, whether it's offense or defense. You know, it's this game evolves. You can't ever just line up and do the same thing every year because you know you're, you're eventually going to you're going to catch up to you or you're going to get left behind. So, I was always looking for how can we be better in December? You know, how can we be better in January? So, and that that's why I just uh, took me a couple of years to get comfortable with it, and it's been a great change. Was it an Aussie rules football team that he went and watched? Who did he go study? Yes, there? he went down there and visited a few of the clubs down there. The lack of player selfishness on offense, how does that compare to other teams that you've, you've had? Very comparable. Uh, you know, I think when you, when you make it clear that the, the system's built around the quarterback and you have the quarterback with the personality and presence and, and command of Dak Prescott, it, it all falls in line, frankly. Um, you know, and it's no nothing against our perimeter players. Our perimeter players all, hell, I, they better still want the ball. You know, because I mean, it's it's part of that personality that makes makes them what they are. But uh, at the end of the day, it's it's about what's best for winning, and 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 this is the best way to win because to beat the the good defenses, the great defenses, you know, your third, fourth, fifth option, they they got to win. You know, and, and those games are coming, and we may be in one Sunday. You know, so it, you know, and when defenses are aggressive to take away certain playmakers on your team, you know, you, you got to have answers. You know, and, and that's and that's a pretty good answer, in my opinion. Do you have to develop any of that, where a guy might come into the building and think, you know, I want the ball, I want the ball, and then you have to really establish, you know, we, we, we care more about winning than we do your touches. Well, I think it's like anything. It's all part of your daily messaging. It's, it's communication. It's really, frankly, the relationships, you know, between the coaches and the players, and the players and the players. You know, I, I think it, it goes, it runs all the way through. Um, so, at the end of the day, I mean, I'm I'm not trying to hold anybody back from having great individual success, but the team's success is first. I mean, I, I think we all recognize that. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.